Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, everybody. On a wild and wet, windy day in the west of Ireland. I don't know if you'll be able to hear the wind howling round my little house. But it's there. Good. It's a good good day to be in the elements. I'm down in my shed and trying to pass the time with words and notions and cigar smoke and the awful thing about the cigars I've realised recently is that uh, I bought a heap of cheap ones. Like a fucking mound of them. <laughs> 75 cheap cigars. Oh, trash. Pure trash. Oh, you'd be coughing and spluttering. There's no... My father used to always say to me, you're better off overspending on something that you really like rather than underspending on something that you half like. So I'd I'd one expensive cigar left, like we're talking something the size of a a broom handle, like a fucking eight foot long cigar, and the sweetest thing to be inhaling. Now you'd need a week off work just to to go at it to get through it, but a beautiful thing it was to be doing. And I thought, well, it's the last one, so I better get some more. But sure, I couldn't. They're about they're about nine grand each, so I couldn't. You know, I can't afford to be buying too many of them in a week. So I said, I'll, I'll buy a heap of cheap ones. Not that I know too much about cigars and thinking that there wouldn't be too much of a difference between one and the other. So anyway, uh, a fella came in a van and gave me the cheap ones. And they're, they're, they're tough country. And I'm kind of starting to realise that... I realise it with whiskey as well. You know, you can pay 180 quid for a bottle of whiskey, but by Jesus, it's worth it, like. It's, you might spend five or six quid on a bottle and you'd be better off bleaching your hair with it or, you know, trying to get stains off your teeth. And the, the flavours, I got this bottle recently from some part of the country. Every part of the country now has a bottle of whiskey named after it. Um, it tasted like yoghurt or vanilla or so. Who that name of God is... Can you imagine serving that up to Clint Eastwood and he, he, he coming into the saloon after riding through the rain in four days wanting to know he, who killed his friend. See you in hell, William H. Money. Well, if hell is anything like this fucking whiskey, I'd rather not go there. 
whiskey is, is a, supposed to be a supposed to be like drinking nettles and surgical spirits and burnt turf. But the spending of the money, I'm starting to think, Jesus, the only way to enjoy a cigar is to spend big money on it. So we live in a world of distraction and entertainment now, don't we? Like, you don't really ever have to grow up and become a man. Entertainment is always there. Entertainment and distraction. You know, I'll never be as mature as my father. A wise woman said to me one time that the thing that I had to contend with the fact was the fact that I never actually wanted to be born. Now, I have no idea what she meant by that, really. It's hard to come to terms with a diagnosis like that. But I, I think what she was trying to say was that I'm a fucking idiot. And that I've never really been grounded. You know, I'm only half here. Most of me is in space. Uh, my father used to wisely say, Tom, you're a fool of a man. But I I, I don't think he meant it derogatory terribly. Fools are, we need fools. You need idiots. A culture without idiots is a culture trapped in its own vision of itself. Do you know what I mean by that? Trapped in a narrow behavioural furrow. You need the genius of Egypt to just be stupid. King Lear had a fool and, and the fool was always seen as someone who operated, as Bob Dylan said, out, to live outside the law you must be honest. And a fool was kind of, didn't play the games but the normal rules and he was able to say things that nobody else was able to say because he was half mad and I I wouldn't be as good as a fool I wouldn't have that genius in me but to accept myself as an idiot I think is uh, one of the things that I could be getting on with I know this woman She's in her 70s and she's full of the most marvellous, girl-like, playful energy. It's like she never grew up either. And she's a delight to be around. Her eyes are always sparkling and she's full of laughter. And You'd, you'd hope that she never grows up. Uh, and you'd always choose to be in her company rather than that of somebody serious and obedient to the norms it's why children are such a delight as well because their brains are only half formed the closest that I ever get to maturity is exhaustion back in the days when I was when I'd hop out for a trot you know, I'd come back and I'd be wrecked. And for about an hour, I'd just... I'd feel grounded because I'd connected with my body. Feel mature. But it was only a, a, a phase. I think the more Egypt energy that a culture can handle, the more wide open it is to miraculous unpredictability I don't know when they started sending people into psychiatric hospitals and you know you should only really go to a psychiatric hospital if you're in distress 
Like, if you think differently, if you think madly, if you think irresponsibly and all you want to do all day is lick cows or, you know, shuffle grass or or walk barefoot. I, you know, there's no... There's no hard, like, oh, just I, I, I don't know what I fucking mean at all. I mean, if we think of how immensely fond of Billy Connolly we are, as he presents himself on stage anyways, you know, with the, the long hair and the purple beard and just the, the outlaw, grow for silliness isn't it a, a, a marvellous thing but isn't it a, a wild thing to do is to accept yourself as an idiot to look in the mirror gaze into your own eyeballs and say fool you're a fucking fool of a man and for this to be a good thing, for it to be all right, you know, to look at the ridiculousness of yourself and how you'll you'll never grow up. To have that kind of humility, but you wouldn't even have the enough humility to be <laughs> to be humble. You're just because you're a fool, and to accept that. The clowns, I think, do this thing where um, clowns are always old. You know, you'd never take a young clown seriously because they haven't had enough tragedy yet to be total outsiders. There's still some sort of societal hope for them. They can still make it to normal. But an old clown, wrinkly old face and a battered old body, the... The gift of that and, and the, the genius of that is that you were, you were to walk on to the stage as a clown already defeated. That like like the worst thing has already happened. You are kind of, you're without hope. You've given up hope. You're at the far side of pretending that things are going to change. So anything is possible from there. You walk out and like a rock star walks out when his Cuban heels and he's kind of, he's peacock energy. He's proud Things can go wrong there. You know, He the leather trousers uh, might split or people will see that he's fatter than he was. He, he, he can be... The peacock can, can be burst. But a clown, like a clown just walks on. The, the, the shoes are too big for him and the nose is massive and the hair is so uncoordinated as to be a mystery to himself and his own head and that that's the place to start from to, to you know to almost to be able to look at yourself in the mirror in the nip and go Jesus things are so bad that they're brilliant And 
that once you commit yourself to this path, your only ambition, if it can be called an ambition at all, is to become more and more useless every day. More and more pathetic and inept. I think about the whole notion of playing um, and the, the joy and the creativity of that versus the burden of pressure. And I used to do a bit of acting and I still do the odd bit now. I act like a husband and I act like a father and I act like a whatever the fuck. But I used to get paid for some of me acting, you know. And I remember years and years ago, I was in a show in, with the Druid Theatre Company in Galway. This is way back like 93 or 94. And I was basically uh, had to play a corpse, you know. <laughs> And the fucking effort I put into it was phenomenal. So I was I was dragged onto the stage towards the end of the first act, half dead, like just half dead and bet and all drippy and bendy and just you know, and I was haped into a into a seat and I just fucking used to had to sit there. It was a six week run or something. I just kind of sat there shattered that's all I had to do was, was be, just be shattered and there was a hood over my head so it wasn't as if I had to communicate anything to the audience with my face like so I just sat there shattered and then at the start of the second act the hood was taken off my head and I said something like ah yeah fuck yeah and then the hood was put back onto my head and I was I was uh, I was carried off the stage then five minutes later so you would imagine that's not a hugely fucking demanding part. Well, by Jesus. From about an hour before the show began each night, curtain at eight, I'd be in there at seven and I'd be trying to get myself into a state of being bet. And I'd be punching me legs. This, this is real now. Punching my legs and hitting myself in the jaw and just annihilating myself. Like, causing myself actual bodily harm and working at this six nights a week for six weeks so that I would be believable as a victim when I was brought on to the stage you know and throughout all my acting stuff I don't think I've ever really enjoyed it to the extent that I think I should be enjoying it I love the camaraderie of drama and I love hanging out with people on set and I love the kind of whole collegiate effort of it. It's wonderful. But in terms of the actual work of it, I I take it too seriously to ever be able to play with it. I'm never confident enough in my characterization that I can just have the crack. Do you know, like theoretically, I possibly should have been able to arrive backstage at that joke in about a minute to eight and just fucking just done nothing and be dragged on and dragged off. But I was just so serious about the whole fucking thing. And I I played a bit of poker for a while there, but play is the wrong word. It was I took it too way too seriously. I remember one time playing at a uh, some big poker thing in Cavan. The, the, it was the Cavan Championships or something like that 
And I remember, and it's all fucking work, man. You get, you get your two cards and you look at them and then you have to decide and the fucking, the pressure of how much will I bet and, oh, fucking bluffing and, and, oh, way too fucking stressful. So one of the only times I feel that, uh, that whole playing thing happens for me is if I'm on stage uh, doing stand-up and then I can just have the crack you know like when the uh, Bob Dylan is an amazing man for just fooling around with his own uh, take me disappearing to the smoke rings of my man past the foggy ruins of time and it just seems like he's he's egg image you know he's just fucking Stretching words this way and fucking stretching words that way, and it's lovely. And people do be given out because they go to see him and they said he doesn't sing that song right. That's that's not the way it is on the fucking tape. But he's just they're they're his toys. So fucking you know, Miles Davis as well. You know, the, the, there's the the the. There's the the rhythm of the song and that's that's one of Miles Davis's and he just so then he takes the trumpet and so the the other boys the bass and the drums they're they're providing the structure and Miles do whatever the fuck you want as long as you stay in the rhythm of the thing and that that's where it's at isn't it playing. Flann O'Brien was another great man. Flann O'Brien, if you've never read any of his newspaper articles, uh, shoot yourself. Fucking go out now and shoot yourself with a with a fucking with parsley and tomato sauce. He was, but, but was fantastic about him and the way that he's able to play is that he used to write four or five articles a week for the newspaper, but he, he'd only often have an hour to do it. So whatever was the first word that fell out of his fingers onto the typewriter, that was the word he had to work with. And that was the, whatever was the first, even if it was a ridiculously stupid situation that he'd invented, that's what he had to fucking go along with and build this empire of daftness. And it's beautiful. Now, I know lots of people out there now, they'd be working in jobs where they couldn't afford to be silly. You know, if you're a plumber or a brain surgeon, do you know, is it morally acceptable for you to be going into work every day going, uh, well, how can I have a bit of crack with this? Possibly not. You know, I don't know if a brain surgeon can saw off half of someone's skull and just wonder to himself, now... I bet you a tenner I can make this fucker left-handed. And isn't it the great crime of education? The education system. That we take a beautiful dream machine of a five-year-old and turn him into a responsible adult isn't that the fucking isn't that the gulag isn't it 
that's the horror of the world that we annihilate dreamers or else turn all dreaming to money you know that everything is measured in terms of economics I saw this thing today it was a a, a podcast yoke I think it was called How to Fail and I thought oh fucking fantastic now here's the perfect the, the, here's the loser's manifesto here's the freedom of Egypt's here is a place where being useless will be celebrated. And I was so disappointed because the, what the podcast is about is failure as a prelude to success. It's how failing at one thing turns you into a success in something else. Or how being a useless fucking writer turns you into being a brilliant writer. And oh, fuck off. Just let the Egypts run free. The world is in need of more fools in the United Nations and every government needs a fucking fool. Every classroom needs about four or five of them. You know, you wouldn't dream of a classroom without windows that you can open to let fresh air in. The same way, you should never dream of an education system that prevents fools from flourishing. There should always be eight or nine, I'm thinking now, as opposed to four or five. A good half a... two dozen Egypts in the class who never have to do exams, you know... Or whose whose job, when the exams comes round, is to fail everything. And if if they pass anything, then then they've failed. There's no success like failure, and failure's no success at all. The freedom to fail, the freedom to play, the freedom to be a fucking fool, and isn't it the most delightful thing in the world to fill yourself up with the fresh air of playful, childish? Joyful fucking lunacy. Well, that's all from me for this episode. Good luck. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.